one thing I like about Singapore is that it's a small country, but you can uh, also do a lot of things. Uh, I mean, uh, after work or let's say during weekends, you can do things you want. I mean, you can easily go to tra travel to Malaysia if you want over the weekends. It's easy. You can easily do that. This is PT Meal Podcast, where we ingest and digest physical therapy information from physical therapists around the world with a Filipino twist. With your host, Johan De La Paz, a Filipino physical therapist who has worked in different practice settings from the Philippines and here in the U.S. Let's indulge and satisfy our cravings to learn and be inspired. Uh, welcome back to PT Meal Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercises, activities, and leisure, all packed in a hearty conversation of Filipino of, of physical therapy profession and practice with a Filipino flavor. I am Johan de La Paz, again, your host. Welcome to welcome back to the podcast. So this podcast is available in your favorite podcast streaming apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many, many more. You can also catch the, the full episodes on YouTube if you want to be like in the loop on fresh episodes or updates or interview snippets. Follow us in our social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. All right. So in today's episode, we are going to catch up with a fellow physiotherapist working in Singapore. My guest is Jonathan Magpok Eusebio, a physiotherapist working in a community hospital in Singapore. He has experience in delivering rehabilitative services across settings in inpatient and outpatient facilities, nursing homes, and wellness centers catering to um, diverse populations from adult to geriatric patients. He earned his uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy degree from the University of Montana. So, Jonathan, welcome to PT Mill Podcast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. So, um, I think I connected with Jonathan from LinkedIn when I saw that he's working in Singapore. And, and that is, since Singapore is close to the Philippines, I think that is something that other physical therapists in the Philippines would be interested in knowing about how um, how is a physiotherapist working there, how to go there, or what are the requirements. But before that, before we dive into that, um, Jonathan, could you tell us your physical therapy story? How did you become a physical therapist? And uh, what led you to, you know, where you are now? Okay, um, uh, basically, I graduated from Emilio Aguinaldo College mm -hmm. uh, many years back. <laughs> and then after that, actually, my first job was to be in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. um, I also volunteered in some of the clinics and hospitals in my hometown in the Philippines. So, um, but actually, there's not so much jobs as a physio in the Philippines, usually just volunteer work. Mm -hmm. So what I did was to work... Um, in a fitness industry, um, Slimmers First. Mm -hmm. So I became a personal trainer. I also teach some group classes actually at that time. So I moved from Slimmers World to Fitness First. Uh, so basically a few, I mean, uh, the first few years of my practice is in the healthcare industry, I mean, in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. So, and then uh, after that, actually I decided I want to change settings. That's why uh, from the Philippines in a fitness industry, I wanted to move to another country, but um, I moved to Singapore, um, but also as a personal trainer for the first few months. Then I worked my way through to become, I mean, to go into the clinical field as a, as a physio. 
Yeah. And then because in Singapore, um, you cannot be a physio yet. Um, you have to go through the same process um, like the ones in the US, some credentialing, taking the English exams and everything. So um, I, I, uh, I work as a trainer again for a few months, then moved to a hospital as a therapy assistant before I found an employer who can sponsor me to take the, the qualifying exam, which is the licensure exam in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Then, I mean, from there, I mean, I became a physio the next few years. Yeah. All right. Good. So why Singapore? <laughs> why did you think of working in Singapore in, when you're in, in the fitness industry first? Mm -hmm. What what gave you the idea? Like, maybe I want to go to Singapore. Um, One thing, actually, I didn't think so much of that one. It, uh, the only... Uh, reason I have for myself is that probably Singapore is much closer to the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So let's say if I need to go back to the Philippines and visit my parents or my family, it's much easier because it's just a few hours. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was in the fitness industry, so it's better It's better to go in there. I mean, with the same field first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was it, was it common for people in the fitness industry, like personal trainers, to go to Singapore to work as a as a personal trainer is it easy to transfer that yeah way? okay as a personal trainer yes because they don't have much qualifications um that is really needed for you to be a, a trainer mm -hmm. um because I came from fitness first in the Philippines right. so I moved to California fitness in Singapore so the reason why I it gave me an idea because I'm a, I'm a fitness manager in the Philippines last time mm -hmm. and I do have a trainer who went to Singapore oh, and okay. I was encouraged or I was just um uh I was told if I wanted to try to be a trainer in Singapore so I just gave it a try because I also look I was also looking to change uh my practice environment at that time right right and going to singapore initially uh did you have to apply already here in the philippines or you mm -hmm. went there as a tourist then applied there then changed your status or whatever how did that happen um what happened was is because of that personal trainer who i mean my uh, who worked for me in Fitness First last time, who were in Singapore, um, introduced me to his employer. Oh, okay. So, I, so before I went to Singapore, they already processed my working visa. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. So you already had that offer before before going to the to Singapore. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um. So, how many years have you been working there now? As a as a physio as a physiotherapist um now but eight years going to nine years uh-huh yeah. nice so from fitness industry uh as a personal trainer what led you back to the practice mm -hmm. because my uh, current practice in singapore um i mean the the fitness club or uh -huh. the california fitness is just um behind or just in front of a hospital oh okay yeah, so, so you see someone like going in the hospital calling and then <laughs> yeah then actually um it inspires me to go back to the i mean to the hospital setting uh -huh. so what i did was that time is that i'm still at work in california fitness mm. and then uh, i do have a, a resume a printed one mm. i would i just drop by the hospital and put i mean drop my application 
Then the next day they called me. Oh really? Without looking at for job postings or any or anything, you just without, yeah and and gave your <clears throat> uh, resume. That's that's impressive. Okay. Then what happened? Then after that, actually, the following day, I'm not sure. Um, um, they probably needed uh some therapy assistance uh in the hospital. Okay. So, uh, the following day they called me up. They actually wanted to to me for me to be interviewed. I mean, very soon. Okay. So what? But I cannot find um actually a time, um, for me to give them. So I mean for a schedule. So mm-hmm. what I did was because usually as a fitness trainer you have a quota also. Mm-hmm. You are you're guided by getting a sale for the month. So usually you work from where sometimes very early at six in the morning to sometimes very late in the evening to catch mm-hmm. that personal training sales. Mm-hmm. So, um, I took my break for that one hour break, to. For my interview in the hospital. Anyway, I just have to walk in because it's just behind the hospital uh-huh. uh, club, right? So I had, I mean, I I went there for an interview during my lunchtime. I mean, or uh-huh. something like that. Uh-huh. So it's a, actually a panel interview with different doctors and the rehab department. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And then, and I remembered um, my fitness manager were looking at, I mean, we're looking for me because I cannot be found in the in the club at that time. And so my phone is ringing during the interview. <laughs> yeah. But everything went well, actually. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like what I've said, probably they're looking for uh, a therapy assistant because there's some, they said there's someone who, re- who resigned, who was also a Filipino. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they wanted to get me in. But what yeah. they told me is that I have, they really, I mean, they have to see first whether I'll be fit. Um, I'm fit for the job. So they want me to, um, experience the actual work. Okay. So I did. They scheduled me for let's say, um, a half day or like a few hours of going to the, to the hospital and then be attached to another therapy assistant and therapist. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then they asked me if I like it. I said yes, and then they hired me. <laughs> oh, so you you did that? What do you call that? That experience while you're still employed in in California in, in your fitness club. Correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. And as a as a so you got accept you you offer you were offered and you got um accepted there, mm-hmm. and you worked as a therapy assistant. Yes. Correct. So what does a therapist assistant uh do there in in Singapore? Because I because we have a uh physical therapist assistant as well here in in mm-hmm. the US and they then and they do almost everything that a physical therapist uh do except for evaluations and discharge mm-hmm. and reassessments and stuff but the the whole management physical uh the therapies uh, therapist assistant can uh physical therapy assistant can do so what is uh, the therapist assistant doing in Singapore Oh yeah, I think that is um it's different. Okay. It's because um the therapy assistant they that they consider here in Singapore is similar to the physiotherapy aid, I believe, in, in the US. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically we just have to follow what the therapy the therapist is, I mean, ask us to do like um teaching the exercises, getting the things they want, or walking the patient, those kind of things. Uh-huh. Um, so we don't do that assessment. We don't do that planning or cha- uh-huh. um, we also don't need to change what was really instructed of us. So we uh-huh. cannot modify anything. Yeah. It's just basically following what the therapist would like us to do. Okay. All right. So, so how long did you have to work 
uh, as a therapist assistant before deciding that you want to be a physiotherapist in in Singapore? Mm-hmm. Actually, right from the interview itself, um, they asked me if I wanted to be a physio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said yes, definitely. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know yet the process at that time. Oh, so okay. when I came in, uh, in the hospital, they told me, actually, the process in Singapore is you cannot take the, the qualifying exam or the licensure exam without the employer applying for you. Wow. Okay. So that's the toughest part. So unlike in the US or probably in the Philippines, if you want to take the exam, just apply on your own, then you can take it. In Singapore, in Singapore, it's different. There has to be an employer who will submit your application before you can take the exam. Gotcha. So the first few months, first few, first few years, I'm actually encouraging or persuading my employer for to allow me to take the exam. Mm-hmm. But actually, they didn't. Okay. Yeah, so took me about three years as a therapy assistant. Yeah. Okay. So but basically I tried to learn what's uh what is being required to pass mm-hmm. the qualifying exam at that time. Mm-hmm. So if they have a written exam and a practical at the same time. Wow, okay. So and because they're not allowing me to take the exam, I really have to find another employer who would do that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? Did you find a different employer. So what I did was to I enrolled in a, another hospital, an acute hospital, who is offering some review mm-hmm. or some uh, like a bridging program for me to be able to uh, have an edge of passing the the qualifying exam here in Singapore. So I did that for a few months. Mm-hmm. Then uh, while looking for an employer to sponsor me in the next few months, so I found one. Uh-huh. Uh, but they also hired me at the same time as a therapy assistant first. Okay, so you left the, that. I left the first one, uh-huh. then I moved to the second one. Uh-huh. So I'm still working at the same job, but they're already applying for my, I mean, the application for the licensure. Gotcha. I see, I see. Uh, when you said that you um enrolled in a bridging program, is it mandatory for everyone to do that? Or is it something that you did that because you want to have an edge in, in the in the exams? It's not a requirement. Um, it's just that um, because the exam here is different from our exam in the Philippines, which is just written. Um, I'm more um concerned regarding the practical part. Uh huh. But I don't have any any idea at all. Mm-hmm. So that actually it's not a requirement, but it will give you a a much better chance of passing the exam when you I mean when you when you go for that course. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so, um, the, so first one is that a person, uh, PT should have an employer first to sponsor, uh, you to, uh, take the, uh, qualifying exam. Mm-hmm. Is there a requirement to do an English exam as well? Yeah. The requirements actually, yeah, they, they consider a lot of things. They also consider, of course, your, um uh, experience your educational background so the basically they have you have to go through a credentialing process okay so you have to contact um your school at the same time you're in the prc in the philippines your licenses uh-huh. and then have it submitted to what they call as the allied health professional council or hpc mm-hmm. similar to prc so they will re uh, they evaluate everything 
and then take the English exam, which is also a requirement. During my time, there is no English exam. I mean, oh. they will have to ask, but they are not very particular with the score. Mm. But this time, they, I mean, a few years back, they, they started, I think after my exam time, they started putting, a, I mean, a minimum score for each and every part of, let's say, the English exam, mm. like the listening, mm. uh, reading, and everything. Is there a specific English exam that they want you to do or any, like IELTS or TOEFL? There is actually there's three. Um, first is TOEFL. Oh, okay. Um, at least I think at least a hundred marks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, IELTS. They have to get at least seven for every every uh section of mm-hmm. the uh, IELTS. You have to take the academic one. Mm-hmm. Then there is one that I'm not very familiar with. Um, OET, uh, occupational English test. If I'm if I remember it right. Yeah. And they have to right. have a yeah at least a grade something B or what. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, so you can choose either of those uh, three. And yes. Three. Okay. So, qualifying exam, credentialing process, you have to have, do you have to have a license from your um country of origin? Like, PRC? Um, do you have to have that? I, It's written there, Um, but actually, I'm not sure how they do it, but um, because I've never heard anyone who managed to take the exam if they're not licensed yet. I think okay. most of us they will consider um that we are licensed from the current uh, from the country of origin. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Um, do we have to take any um extra what do you call this extra courses or programs like for example here in the U.S. to you know, to because the the credentialing process here, they they look for certain things, and in, mm-hmm. in, in this in Singapore, is it like that that they 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 look for certain things that if they don't see it in your curriculum, you, they would ask you to do take it, you know, some extra classes. Um, I've never heard of anyone having goes through that. Okay. Um, what I heard is that, um, it's a pass or fail, mm-hmm. whether they want to accept you or not. Okay, based on the qualifications they set, uh-huh. then uh, they will uh, just say, oh, you're qualified, you can take the exam. Or if not, they will just say no. Okay. And with, most with of the time, they will not give an explanation. <laughs> yeah. The same thing with the qualifying exam, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, with, if you pass or fail, they will just give a letter or send a letter to you that you pass. For some of my friends who fail, they will just mention that you fail, but they will not give give any reason at all. Oh. You cannot even get your scores. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, how many takes for those who failed? Can can you do? So here, um, you're only allowed two takes. So if you fail the first one, you have to make it sure that you pass the second one. Because otherwise, if you fail the second one, you you cannot be a PT or cannot be a physiotherapist here in Singapore anymore. Yeah. And do they have like a minimum um educational uh requirement? Like is it just bachelor's or do you have to have a master's or a DPT? I'm I'm only I mean, I only had a batch a bachelor's degree at that time. I was accepted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um yeah, because I also don't know what's their minimum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean higher educational background would be better, I believe. Uh-huh. But a bachelor's degree is yeah, it's a minimum. Okay. All right. How about work experience? Did they ask if 
if did they say if there's a minimum work experience to take the qualifying exam? They also didn't mention, although, I mean, if you look at their guideline, it's actually quite vague. Um, they will just mention that we'll look into your license from the country of origin. They, they will look into the experience that you had. Mm. Um, but they don't mention anything specific. Yeah. So you would have a better chance if you had uh, uh, an experience, work experience anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, that's why I also quite worried at that time because um, most of my practice are in the fitness industry. Uh-huh. Um, it's just that probably it's because I started as a therapy assistant. So I'm working in Singapore. Probably I have an idea of what how things work mm-hmm. in the rehab setting. So yeah, probably they could also consider that. Mm-hmm. That helped. You also worked in did you also work in the Philippines as oh as well as physical therapist or did you go straight to the fitness industry? Um, I volunteered uh, in a hospital. Um, I think that time in the province, um, like a general hospital in my province, um, they will give you some allowance or salary, mm-hmm. but not you're you're not really employed. That's why it took. I mean, that may decide uh, because I really wanted to have a job. I mean, a specific salary on a monthly basis. That's why I wanted to. I mean, I moved to a fitness industry. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that takes care of the process. That kind of seems reasonable. However, it's you know without that concrete like requirements, it kind of be it's kind of hard to really know what where you stand, right? But yeah. English exam is pretty straightforward. Qualifying exam is pretty straightforward, written and and practical. Mm-hmm. Um, so the practical part, because uh, not many people know that there's a practical exam there in in mm-hmm. Singapore. What goes on there? Okay. Um, I'll tell you first what's in the written what's in the written exam. Okay. Written exam, it's just basically at my during my time, there's actually 10 multiple choice questions only. Yeah. And then the rest of the questions are cases. So oh, wow. they they'll give you one case in MSK. Uh-huh. Then there will be a ser- series of questions after that. Then another one for cardiopulmonary case. Uh-huh. Yeah, and another one for neuro. And so then is it, there is... Sorry, uh, is it paragraph form? Do you have to answer in paragraphs? Yeah, you have to answer in paragraphs. It's, it's up to you how you want to answer the, the those series of questions after the case. Oh, wow. And there are some questions that are just probably straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then some questions you really have to explain. Mm-hmm. Like they ask you what's the pathophysiology of, let's say, a Parkinson's disease. Then you have to explain wow. in paragraph form. Yeah. Okay. The last part of the written exam is that there are some electives, uh-huh. um, like women's health, um, yeah, those kinds, and then or sports, which is uh-huh. similar to ortho or MSK, uh-huh. um, and yeah, there are also some. I mean, a series, but you only have to choose one in either of those electives, and uh-huh. then answer also the questions follow, that follow. Then the practical part. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's actually uh the one that is nerve-wracking. <laughs> uh-huh. it, because I yeah, I mean, um, especially for me that I usually when I do those kind of things, I feel very, very nervous. But uh and because uh you also have to go through different stations. So with answering the written exam like as paragraphs and, and not um 
what do you call it, as easy as the the ones that we do in in other countries like you do it in, on mm -hmm. computer and, and and that's it um and the practical as well how long does uh, how long did you have to wait for the result to come out oh okay um because that um because that exam is two days the first one is written the, uh -huh. the second day is all the practicals uh -huh. um the result actually will come out in a month okay all right in a month's time for, so, for them to check all your papers mm. uh -huh. and um you will not be notified first they will notify the employer who applied for you okay so the big news whether it's a fail or it's a pass will be coming from your employer mm -hmm. i mean your future employer or i mean as a, as a yeah uh -huh. the see. one who will hire you as a, as a therapist uh-huh okay mm -hmm. that is that's something that's different in canada mm -hmm. in canada that's kind it's that's it's the same process as well that you have to look for a job first Okay, is it Canada or Australia? I think Canada. I I'm, I might be wrong, but in <laughs> in, a, in another country, that's it's the same that you have to have an employer first before you apply for a license, not the exam, but a license. Mm -hmm. In Canada. In Canada, I think you have to have an employer first because mm -hmm. I mean I don't know why I forgot why. Anyway, but that's. Uh, <laughs> But that's yeah, yeah, that's a little different. All right. So now you're a physiotherapist. What what is the role of a physiotherapist in Singapore as compared to what you did in the Philippines? Is it basically the same? Are there any differences? Mm -hmm. It's um I would say it's just uh, basically the same. It's just that um in Singapore it's more structured. Uh um we also don't have direct access um probably singapore will have direct access i mean a patient can refer themselves to um a pt um i think only in private but in public you have to get a referral from another healthcare professional but the same process as to how you do your thing i mean assessment and treatment and everything mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's and also different settings different settings as well it's uh it's is insurance a big driver in in Singapore as well, or do patients pay out of pocket? Mm, um. Okay. Um. Insurance plays a big part. Um. It's because uh, at least especially for the elderly. Anyway, in Singapore, um. Usually they have this. They pay up the government for a certain amount. Uh. And then that is being used for anything like a physiotherapy services. Mm -hmm. Um. They also can use their own insurance if they have one. Mm -hmm. um, they what they have what it's called, I think, a means testing, um, depending on your age. If you're a younger one and you ca are capable of paying and you don't have any insurance, you have to pay from your own pocket. Okay. Yeah, mm. I think. All right. Um, and you mentioned there's no direct access? Um, there's no direct access. Um, generally in Singapore, you have to have a a health other healthcare professional to refer you to a PT. Mm -hmm. uh, that's only usually in the public, uh, or government house. But usually private, you can go directly to a physio. Also, oh, so there's some form of direct access in in outpatient. Alright, that's nice. Um, so you're working in a hospital right now. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, are, are you an inpatient, outpatient? 
I am in the inpatient setting. Inpatient. All right. Um, what what kind of um, what's your common conditions that you handle in in your practice right now? I do have a variety of cases that I usually see in the hospital. Um, but most of them, I believe, it's in the ortho cases. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have also some medical conditions like cancer patients or palliative patients. Mm -hmm. I have neuro, stroke, um, Parkinson's kind of cases uh, once in a while. Um, yeah, they're also, I mean, most of them are in the ger geriatric or elder population, but I also do get some um, younger ones who had an accident or road traffic accident and fractured their bones or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of arthroplasties, hip and knee, and then some spine operations. That's why it's mostly more, more often uh, MSK. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's right. generally my practice. Is are your patients' uh, condition more acute, or is are they staying in the hospital a little longer? Uh no, it's not acute. It we're in the next to uh uh institution in line after the acute, after the acute setting. It's because um uh our hospitals. Uh, are usually coming from the general hospital, the acute setting. Okay. Usually they stay there for a few days, a little longer sometimes. Then they, if they need a further rehab, or then they will be referred to our hospital. Then that hospital is just next to our community hospital. Okay. <laughs> they're under uh they're under a sing health system. Uh huh. That's why they from the acute hospital they will just be transferred to us if it's agreeable uh, uh, with the patient's family. Uh, yeah. If they needed more care. Yeah. And they then that care cannot be done at home. Or not. Yes. Gotcha. Um, yeah, correct. Usually if they need it. Uh -huh. All right. Um, being in, in, in uh, a diverse, culturally diverse country like <laughs> Singapore, is there any challenges? Were there any challenges handling different cultures or working in, in Singapore as a physiotherapist? Or was it easy? It's not that very easy, especially uh -huh. for me coming from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> cultural backgrounds. I mean, it's I mean, we differ in in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, also, that, uh, the language that they speak. Uh, I mean, the elderly population. So most of them don't really speak English. Mm -hmm. So there are some elderly who can, I mean, re um, um, educated and can speak the English language, they, they, I can easily talk to them. Mm -hmm. But if not, especially if they speak in Mandarin or Hokkien mm -hmm. or even Cantonese or sometimes like um, uh, dialects like uh, Tamil, it's very difficult. Uh, sometimes uh, I really have to get someone, uh, my therapy assistant, if I, let's say I'm a physio now, um, uh, who can speak the language and help me translate yeah, so the interview, the assessment process takes a little longer because you have to, there has to be translation mm -hmm. during that time. Um, and I also didn't, I mean, it's not also a requirement in Singapore during the credentialing part um, because they were, I mean, we were not allowed to take a course regarding cultural differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I believe in, in Australia or in Canada, you have to take a course similar to that and also study the, uh, the healthcare system here in Singapore, it's not. Yeah, you, you will learn that while you're already working as you go on. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So, um, uh, did you have to learn uh any language? Did you want to learn or have to learn 
any any different language to work there better or <laughs> yeah i did actually um there are a few course, courses uh, offered outside i enrolled myself to one i wanted to stay uh, to study malay because some of my patients are i mean speaks in bahasa, bahasa. malayu uh-huh. yeah. yeah so um that one is quite easy to learn it's because tagalog and malay are quite similar there are some words that are the same although sometimes spelled differently but meaning is just basically the same um i do that and i actually in the work setting um you will be uh put to a course by your employer uh, in studying mandarin or hokkien or sometimes even malay Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're a foreign national for um but i find it very difficult Especially if the Mandarin and Hokkien, because you have to study the different tones. Is mm. if you say it wrongly, that meaning changes. Uh-huh. And then if you ask that to a patient, the patient sometimes will just frown, or sometimes they don't really understand you, uh-huh. or will tell you differently, or something get scolded. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh-huh. what I do the best is, I mean, to have a translator to help me translate for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Aside from language barrier, are there any other? I mean, language and culture bar- barriers. Are there any other um, challenges that you encounter as a physio in Singapore? Other challenges? Um, not that I think of. The, the other, um, I mean, it's because, I mean, you're a foreign national. You have to, I mean, you're in Singapore. Do what Singaporeans do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you just have to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very competitive, I would say, generally, Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um so you have to be the same. You have to be proactive. I always, I remember the first employee I had in Singapore mm-hmm. always reminds us to be pro- proactive on everything. Mm-hmm. But I think they were raised that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best cultures of uh, natives of Singapore is the, the work ethics that they, mm-hmm. they bring uh, with whatever they, they do. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you now, you know, enjoy as a, as a physiotherapist uh, in Singapore? What do you like as a physio there what do i like um i mean comparing my practice when i was just a fitness professional and comparing i mean working as a physiotherapist i mean it's more fulfilling um to see patients um especially in the elderly population um helping them recover and to be as functional as possible um i find it very rewarding mm-hmm. um and that uh makes me enjoy my work um and also, I mean, the cultural differences, it's probably uh, a bit difficult at first, but actually it's also quite interesting because you learn the different cultures of the other people. Because not only the Singaporeans, you'll also be able to work from people from Myanmar mm-hmm. or from other countries, in, I mean, from Malaysia. Uh-huh. So um, that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah in working in a setting because all of us are i mean we are have, have differences uh-huh. and yeah. you share all those culture with each other yes uh-huh. gotcha and how about working in singapore in general what do you like working what what do you like being there in, in singapore <laughs> what do i like um um okay what do i like <laughs> singapore is a small country right and and you can basically go up north is malaysia or mm-hmm. is it Malaysia? Um, there because uh, previously Singapore is a part of Malaysia. Uh-huh. So 
oh, I mean, you can easily go to uh, Malaysia in one part in about a few minutes. In the uh, Malaysia, uh, yeah, you can easily go anywhere. Um, one thing I like about Singapore is that it's a small country, but you can uh, also do a lot of things. Uh, I mean, uh, after work or let's say during weekends, you can do things you want. I mean, you can easily go to travel travel to Malaysia if you want over the weekends. It's easy. You can easily do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there are other. I mean, I think they made it uh, a point that you can enjoy some leisure activities. There's a lot of things you can do in Singapore. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of nice places where you can eat, mm-hmm. um, especially the native dishes uh, in Singapore. And you can also, although it's not, although Singapore is not very, I mean, nature. I mean, likes like Philippines who do, we do have beaches I mean we do have places to go similar to that mm-hmm. uh, in Singapore it's different yeah okay what I like what I like Singapore when when I went there for a while was uh the transportation was very accessible I mean you can go anywhere you can ride a taxi you have your trains mm-hmm. and that's all what's that yeah so it's uh that's also very I mean likable in Singapore. It's because, um I mean from the airport itself the exactly I mean, I mean right from that airport going to any part of Singapore is very easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the taxis are there. The the train station is connected to the airport. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. Um, in just a matter of a few minutes, you can go from one end to another. Mm-hmm. I mean those kind of things. Um, it's different in the Philippines. You have to go through the traffic. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, if you're a solo person and you can go about Singapore, you can go anywhere without, you know, asking for help because you have taxi, you have your train, and mm-hmm. the train system is very clear. You can understand everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do do uh, people sometimes mistake you for an Malaysian or Indonesian? They usually, uh, I mean, some of them uh, thought that I'm also Chinese. Chinese. So let's say when I buy something, uh, in a hawker center, for example, uh-huh. or let's say some of my patients, they basically, I mean, they're straight away ask me in Chinese, uh-huh. but I don't know I'm not Chinese. I cannot speak, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I guess when I went there, uh, they were talking to me and I was ordering, uh, in in uh McDonald's and and they're like, uh, I was like, uh, I want number one. It's like satu, like. Uh, yes, I exactly. do. <laughs> I don't. That is Malay. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Um. So it's uh. So Singapore is another place that you know physical therapists can can go into as yeah. a, uh as an alternative if they want to go mm-hmm. try it out abroad. Uh, experience things. You no. Know? Um. How is the demand for a foreign physical therapist there? Is it rare to have that opening or uh have you heard of like hospitals you know looking for um physiotherapists even you know foreign graduates and stuff um before during my time i think um there are less for uh foreign i mean there are less therapists i would say especially the pt Mm -hmm. uh because it's different from the ot ot they need a lot there are less ot's in singapore in general as a country in pt um during my time i think they probably need more as well uh, that's why they also hire foreign nationals who will be able to pass the qualifying exam mm-hmm. 
And that is because also there is uh, the school that offers physiotherapy in Singapore only have a very, I mean, a few graduates at that time. Mm-hmm. But now they have more students mm-hmm. than usually foreign nationals like me uh, who would like to take the QE and be, I mean, work here as a therapist. Usually it's, they they will have definitely a hard time. Mm-hmm. From what I heard, uh, most of the foreign nationals are failing the exam. It's because they made it tougher. Oh, yeah. okay. Because they now they can easily graduate. I mean, the uh, students here and become a therapist at, uh, right straight uh, straight away right after graduation. They don't need to take a licensure exam. Because there's only one school. Yeah, there's only one school. And they, I think it's a very rigorous process. Um, they, I mean, they made it sure that the education, but everything that the, the student will have to learn in the school will be for them to be equipped as a therapist eventually. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah. I see. Um, so you're saying it's more challenging now. It's more challenging, I would say. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, just to give an idea to our listeners, uh, what's the average salary range of a Singapore physio in terms of uh Philippine peso? Oh, in Philippine peso. Um, like <laughs> average, like not in in different settings. <laughs> I think it will just be the same, but likely it will range based on your experience. Oh, okay. Uh, also, depending on your educational background, if let's say you do have a bachelor's only, because some of them last time, they only have a, a diploma. They don't have a degree yet, but they can practice as a PT. I mean, those locals. Okay. So um, their salary definitely will be a lot lower. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you have a bachelor's degree, or even if you have, let's say, a doctorate or uh, a higher degree program like me, you'll definitely get higher. But usually, the range now I would say it's anywhere from three thousand to I think about six thousand. Uh, Singaporean dollars. Singaporean dollars, and then multiply it by about I don't know thirty eight. That's that would be the amount in peso. Oh. <laughs> I'll I'll pull out my my calculator. So three thousand, wow. uh, Singaporean dollars times thirty eight, around one hundred fourteen thousand. Not bad. Mm. Okay, and and what, and and an average person, how much an average person would spend in a month with expenses like um rent, or food. Or stuff like mm-hmm. that. Is the cost of living big or, or expensive there? It's Singapore is, uh, has one of the highest cost of living in the world, actually, not uh-huh. just in Asia. Um, I think we're not, if not number one, number two, uh, <laughs> next to the highest cost of living. The problem, I mean, the costliest uh, part here in Singapore is the property, the rentals. Mm-hmm. So, so. Um, renting a property or a room for you to stay is, I mean, we'll just spend about a thousand. Um, depending probably if you have friends here and then you will just share a, a whole flat or a whole room, then you can just share the expenses. Especially now, um, after the pandemic, the the property skyrocketed. Yeah, even my landlord has to in, uh, inform me that they will increase the the rental 
Wow. Yeah. But sometimes as little as 200, depending to as high as a thousand more than your current. Wow. So it but average, be... yeah. Average expenses. Um, I mean, with your own salary, you can actually manage to pay for your, I mean, for your food, for your meals. Uh, probably if you're just earning less, you can just uh I mean, take away those extras that you probably don't need. Uh, but basically, your salary would be enough for you to, I mean, to earn a decent living, I would say. Uh, okay. And good enough to live by yourself or not? <laughs> good enough to live by yourself, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I've known some people, so, so, some friends that live, that share an apartment just to cut costs. Uh, in mm-hmm. Singapore, because they said it's it, yeah the rent is expensive. I'm it's looking expensive. at um uh what do you call this a website here, and a single person is estimated monthly cost are one thousand around one thousand um dollars Singaporean dollars without rent. Like wow, <laughs> it's still big. Somebody threw it. Uh yeah, but, but if you're sharing a room, and then usually there's a lot of nurses here, and then usually we share a room with them, wow. or we share the flat. Um, I mean, it can be as little as 600, 700 per person sometimes, and then you just think of what you need to spend uh, for your daily needed expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So as a, uh, as a physio, as working there, is there any opportunity to become a resident or do you always stay as uh in working visa um there's a there is a chance for you i mean there is a an opportunity for you to have to become a permanent resident you just have to apply mm-hmm. but it's actually tough mm-hmm. and i also don't know what is their requirement uh-huh. um, to be honest i actually applied twice me and my family uh-huh. uh, but we were both rejected Mm, so they're they're really strict, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least you're you know still there and has work. Have work. <laughs> <laughs> That's still good. All right. So um, you know the the time flew by so fast, and and thank you for sharing with us your uh, experience there as a physiotherapist in Singapore and giving us a glimpse of you know how to go there or and and what a physiotherapist do mm-hmm. in uh Singapore. Um, I just have my last questions, my last bites. Um, okay. So first one is, what's your personal recipe for success? Okay, uh, personal recipe, I would say um, to be hardworking, study hard. I would say especially for students who are just beginning or even for the old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it will pay a lot. Um, if you study harder, that will give you a ticket to a better, I mean, to, to a success later. Um that's one. Probably number two, try to be patient mm-hmm. with everything. You won't be able to get everything you wanted. I mean, every time mm-hmm. there will be hurdles along the way. Um, so try to be patient. Uh, you it may come if it. Uh, and I mean, God will give you if you. I mean, if it's for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say. And then have some time to relax and enjoy yourself i mean you only have one life to live uh you can also work hard and also find time to enjoy i like that be um hard working uh patience and uh time allotted to relax all right my second last bite is um 
how do you continue to sharpen your knives, so to speak? So how do you continue to develop yourself as a physio? Mm, me, I usually, what I do is that I, I do have online courses that I listen to. Um, there are a lot of platforms out there. Um, MedBridge is one. There's also, when I became a licensed PT in the States, uh, they also giving me some, I mean, I'm also receiving emails from the States um that for me to attend courses but membridge is one of my usually go to mm -hmm. uh where i can listen to a lot of courses that will actually that, that helps me uh with my practice mm -hmm. uh because there's a lot of range that i can watch um that's one and usually in my work um every therapist is also allotted a certain amount for us to attend courses yeah so that actually sharpens the i mean our my professional or clinical skills Right, right. I love MedBridge as well. <laughs> so when I have like free time, I, I attend like I go to like different classes and see. Um, like uh, I remember a question that I wanted to ask. Your license in in as a physio in Singapore. Um, how long does it before it is it expires? And when you renew it, do you need to have any continuing education credits? To do that, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no. Um, usually there is one or two years, but most uh, everyone usually opted for the two years, uh, license to practice. Mm -hmm. Then, um, uh, three months before they will ask you to renew. What I mean, three months before it expires. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no other requirements. Um, no continuing credits at okay. this time. But I I've heard that they'll probably do that in the next few years. Um, um, you just have to pay the amount that you need to pay for you to get a new set of licenses for the next two years. Uh -huh. gotcha. All right. Uh, my third last bite is um, what are the three ingredients? It can be uh, some, a motto, uh, a virtue, a quote, a statement, a Bible verse, whatever that you carry with you uh, that you think is essential. Or in short, what are the three ingredients that make up Jonathan? Three ingredients. <laughs> um, I still remember um when I was small and with my grandmother, because I grew up with two grandmothers at home. Wow. They I remember the motto or the quote that they always tell me, uh, you just try and try until you succeed. Okay. <laughs> so, uh -huh. I think uh, that's also, I mean, that probably I I have that in mind when I was growing up. So to achieve everything, you have to be to to work hard for it. Mm -hmm. Um, like what in Singapore, you must die, die, do everything you want. I mean, do everything for you to be able to achieve what you want. I mean, something like that. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, that's one that I usually remember. Um, what the, what else? I can't think of anything more. Um. <laughs> But usually, I also remember that um, in life, um, you have to go through in like a straight path. You don't really have to really strive so much actually also at the same time. That's why I also uh, mentioned earlier that you have to find some times to relax and unwind. Mm -hmm. Not everything is work. Uh, you have to keep a balance between your family mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I mean, family. I mean, it's a work-life balance. There has to be. Right. What else? Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, try and try until you succeed. Uh, that life isn't a straight line. 
you know, uh, and uh, keeping a work-life balance. That's your three uh, ingredients. <laughs> I, I mean, people would appreciate. I mean, uh, they know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do appreciate your time and, and sharing your um, experience with us and what your uh, practice there in, in Singapore is. Um, as a last question, uh, in every uh, gathering of Filipinos, right? We 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 give uh, takeaways or we we pack our food and give to our guests. Uh, pabao natin. So, uh, for this episode, what do you want our audience to take away from our conversation? What's that one thing that you want them to take to their practice uh, going home? Mm, to take a practice. Um, um, physiotherapy is actually a, an evolving or getting, uh, I mean, we're evolving. We're getting, uh, there's a lot of things that actually will be new the next round. Uh, it's like, uh, so try to update yourself. Try to, like what we have mentioned earlier, try to sharpen your saw. Um, the pretty practice before may not be the same as what the beauty practice now. There are a lot of ideas. Try to keep updated. And um, that is also will help you uh, to stay uh, updated or upgraded in your practice. I would say um, try and don't be disheartened to learn new things. Yeah, so uh, I would say that's it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> All right. that will help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree that. You know, uh, physical therapy. I think is still young. You know, we we you're mm-hmm. still still learning a lot. Some of the things that we've learned before are not true anymore, or has been uh, debunked already. Uh, so yeah, that's I agree with that. All right, again, Jonathan, thank you for uh being in the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, for the audience, uh, stay tuned to our next episodes. Uh, make sure to follow us in your. Uh, favorite podcast apps and in our social media. Until next time, this is Johan from for PT Meal Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to PT Meal Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, please follow the podcast's social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests uh, of the show, you can reach me through all the podcast's social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com. right. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Just a reminder, folks, the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The show strives to keep all information true and correct, but humans sometimes make mistakes. Factual errors may be present, so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on featured topics as well. Now, let's go back to the show.